Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Dying for Likes. Uh, I'm Al Jackson, my co-host for Shaw. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, exciting episode for you guys today. Uh, really, what do you just mean exciting. It's the first episode. How are you going to dive in like they've well, been looking to thirty? I didn't want to say the first episode in case we don't air this one first, fucker. Okay. All right. Welcome to well, the world of show More than that, though, we shouldn't just be like, "Hey, anyways, you're here." Well, I don't want to be like, "Hey, these motherfuckers fell off a cliff." No, I mean like we should have a more exciting intro. All right, I, I'll, I'll do it like we're Showtime at the Apollo. This to make is how you happier. started. You go, "Hey, I'm Al Jackson. This is for dying for likes." It, it's it sounds like. All right, you're like a mean white road manager for a young black band in the '80s, guys. If you if you <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make it to the Apollo, we need more energy. Let's go, Jojo. All right. <laughs> All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Dying for Likes. I'm Al Jackson. It's my co-host, Forrest Shaw. As yeah. you know, we talk about uh, people that have died uh, trying to get big on the gram. And it's a thing, Forrest. Uh, thoughts <laughs> on this? this? is our first one? What if this is our first one? It's not what if. It is. I know, but don't say, like, as you know, then. What do you want me to say? Greetings, strangers. I'm a <laughs> hey, human. we have a new podcast. This is our first one. <laughs> what we're going to be doing on this podcast is blah, blah, blah. And I'll chime in. All right. We'll just present it like a substitute teacher reading off a script. Yeah, exactly. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Dying <laughs> for Legs. I'm Al Jackson. I'm not restarting this again. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, what's up, y'all? Uh, welcome to Dying for Likes. I'm Al Jackson. My co-host for Shaw. Yep. All right, good. Just keep that same energy, as the young kids say. Uh, we uh, talk about people that have unfortunately lost their life trying to get big on the gram. And, uh, you know, it's important to folks. So, you know, unfortunately, sometimes things like this happen. Uh, this first couple we're going to be talking about in force, I'll give you a brief background on them. Uh, of course, our first one is an Indian couple. So I'm going to try to not murder their names. I... Uh, I, I actually listened to these to make sure I pronounce them correctly. Uh, it's the uh, the gentleman's name is Vishnu Veneswath, and his girl's name is Minakashi Morthy. Uh, they had their Instagram uh, account is still up and active for us, and it's called Happily uh, Holidays and Happily Ever Afters. At mm. uh, last I checked. Oh, that's uh, yeah, I'm getting to it now. They had uh, 70 posts and they had 23,600 followers. And the last picture they posted, I believe they were in Vermont, got uh, 5,392 likes. I looked at most of their page, man, and it looks like uh, they average between like 2,000 to 2,500 likes per picture. And, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to look at uh, look at their uh, IG, but it looks like it's mostly uh, the girl Mina. Uh, and she also, uh, hashtagged everything. She hashtagged, uh, curry traveler a lot. And I looked at that hashtag and it's for, uh, South Asian girls traveling the world, uh, one place at a time. Yeah. So that's a pretty good ratio though. 70 posts and 23 and a half thousand followers. Yeah. Dude, these travel bloggers are big. Do you follow any travel bloggers? Like I, I we travel for a living. We're both stand up comics. Uh, you know, of course, you've been all over the world. Yeah. Uh, I've been a lot of places, but I think you've been more countries than I have by far. Uh, do, would you ever follow a travel blogger? I feel like my 
I would follow somebody that never went to the airport. That's my that's my uh, fantasy. That never went. To, so you mean most of the country? <laughs> <laughs> that's who you'd follow. Maybe Some guy that's not wearing a mask somewhere right now. That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I follow travel bloggers. There's I, there's like ever changing horizon. I think is one of them, and so, it's just places that I see that I'm like I want to go there, and so I either screenshot it or I follow them. But you know, one of the tricks that sometimes they do is they don't tell you exactly where they're at because they want you to follow their blogs or blogs or something else so that you, you, you know, they can make money from that or whatever. And, and you know, um, there's a couple that's in one of those traveling van, you know, one of those vans. I've seen a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the new thing. Go in one of those and you just take pictures and you're like at some like spring fed pool in the middle of Mexico somewhere that nobody can get to. And, if you read in the like description, a lot of the times they've gotten dehydrated or sunstroke or bit by something on the way there. It's like the picture is always, you know, like anything, always looks better than what. Yeah, the, the I, I mean, everybody wants to get off the beaten path, but you know what's on the beaten path? Gas stations and and uh, and urgent cares. You know, it's just like I. That's my one thing about. I understand the appeal about living off the grid and being off the grid, but I like grid stuff, forest. I like air conditioning, man. I like uh, I like foam mattresses, dog. But I mean, I know mm. people dig it. Dude, that would be a good Instagram, urgent care Instagram. I'm sure you couldn't do it because of like Hippocratic Oast or whatever the hell that is. But the uh, yeah, just different injuries at, at urgent cares. If you're allowed to document that on Instagram. Yeah. The last time I was at urgent care, uh, it was in, uh, and I'll have our producer Alex drop in a picture because I actually have it on my Instagram. It was when my talk show daily blast live, watch it every day. Uh, we, it was season one. We actually just started season four this past Monday. Uh, but we were making our earpieces where it starts off as that liquid and you drop the, some kind of salt solution in there and you stir it and it kind of hardens into a gel and then you put it in your ear and then that becomes your earpiece. And I asked our stage manager at the time, Stu, I was like, what happens if some of this gets lodged in your ear? And he was like, oh, that, I've been working on shows forever. It never happens. Yeah. So cut to me at the urgent care, <laughs> unable to hear anything. And I'm back there and, uh, you know, they bring this kind of thing in there. It's like this something to just kind of break it up. It's really just like, kind of like high pressured kind of warm water. And they definitely had like a, like kind of just a nurse that just could yeah, probably like handle a syringe, right? And then you hold a cup under your ear. Yeah. But that, ear that, that wasn't working, but yeah, they did that. And the thing is they did it so many times that I couldn't sit up because obviously that Dizzy. destroys your equilibrium. Yeah. So I'm laying there on my side and I hear the doctor. Cause I hear her say, it's not working. And the doctor said, I swear to you, I'm not trying to add, add any. She, the doctor says, get the pink stuff. <laughs> like, I swear to God, I don't know what that was. And she came in and she put this pink solution in my ear. And I don't know what was in that, but that it broke it up. And then she blasted it again. And, but then like, it made me so nauseous. I still had to sit in the, I sat in my car after I left uh, because uh, I was so like, uh, like off balance. Yeah. yeah. But I was going to say, I, but I the girl the next time. to me, I, I was just going to say real quick, the girl next to me, because you, you're talking about interesting injuries, because I went there at like eight o'clock in the morning. because I couldn't In the room in next to you, right? No, no, no. In the waiting room, because it was just me yeah. and one other girl, because I went there when it opened the next morning, because I was like, I can't hear anything. And uh, the girl next to me uh, must have gone out and party because it was a uh, 
it was a Thursday Thursday night it happened to me, so it's Friday morning. And so uh, she must have gone and partied and apparently like her boyfriend came in her came in there fireman's carrying her uh and she was definitely still hung over she had broken her ankle uh like i guess in high heels the night before like it got caught in a grate mm-hmm. and she broke her ankle which you would think would happen more to women in high heels after they've imbibed some uh alcohol yeah that, that i i've been there one time when there was a guy who had a lawn dart in the side of his head are you serious yeah and they had just wrapped it up with a bandage with a dart still sticking it. You know, lawn darts, right? They're like, yes. They, do they still make those? Are those illegal? I don't they know. better be. Well, this family is grandfathered in with their lawn darts. I guess but they, <laughs> this guy, they had one on the side of his head and then it was like bandaged around his head. So there was just a giant dart sticking in the side of his head. It's hard not to laugh at a person with a giant dart sticking out of it. Like, I know it probably hurts, but I guess you're not supposed to take it out. I don't know. Maybe they just thought you leave it in, in case blood comes gushing out. But I was going to say, when you are in one of those urgent cares, it's like they have those walls that they've made out of like recycled cardboard boxes and stuff so you can hear <laughs> next door. And then one time, I mean, there was a couple of times ago, I was in one. And uh, because before I had the insurance I had, that was just my doctor. I would just right. show up there and be like, hey. And um, they, I don't know if the guy didn't speak English well or just couldn't hear or something, but the, the doctor was like trying to say it like, loud like quietly and it just kept getting louder and louder and he just kept saying genital warts <laughs> and it, was just like, Genital. it was like the whole place he walked out like i uh you gotta put some cream on that g-dub yeah. yeah oh urgent care this is gonna be our next podcast things you over here at urgent care yeah. uh well uh let's get back into this couple man um vishnu uh he was 29 at the time uh, his girl, um, Minakashi, she's 30. Uh, and basically what went down is, uh, you know, they were, it, they were identified by park officials on a Monday as the two people, uh, Did you say what park? yes, I'm going to do it now. Uh, they died in Yosemite at Yosemite park, uh, at Taft point, which is super interesting. Cause you just got back from there. Yeah. You showed me pictures. We are going to get all into that. But I looked at the picture right before we jumped on and like straight a dude, like I got uncomfortable looking at the pictures and, and uh, we'll drop those in for you guys so you can see them as well. Like uh, it, it was just crazy. Now, obviously, Taft Point's super popular. Uh, it's it's thirty five hundred feet above Yosemite Valley. And it said that uh, they that the couple fell to their death about eight hundred feet, according to the National Park Service. And uh, it, they they were like, I guess, so far up in the cut that uh, park rangers had to use uh, technical climbing and repelling techniques and a helicopter. Uh, and this this gets to the first question. Uh, the last uh, kind of sentence that they have about just the overall uh, uh, summation of the couple's death is that it says that they were uh, drinking, uh, according to the toxicology reports, but does not say that they were necessarily drunk. I guess all they can tell is that they did have alcohol in their system. So Forrest, my question to you is actually twofold. One, having just been there, would you ever consider having a couple drinks where you were at Taft Point? And two, do you think it's cool to to release the toxicology reports? Because I always think about the family because they're already devastated and then they kind of have to realize that maybe you have drugs and alcohol in your system. But I guess that is part of it. So what do you think? Mm, I mean, as far as the toxicology, I don't know, because it's a national park, it's federal government. 
So there might be some rules where they have to release all that information when somebody dies on federal land or something. I don't know. There might, there's, you know, it could be something like that. Um, okay. So to get there, to get to Taft Point where, because in order to get there from Yosemite Valley, there probably is a trail that you could hike, but it would take you the whole day. So I'm assuming they didn't do that. Um, and it would be really steep because Yosemite Valley, like you said, it's 3,500 feet above that. And Yosemite Valley is already, I want to say, like when you're up at Taft Point, you're around 7,000 feet above sea level. So it's like the air is thin, you know? Yeah. Um, even Denver. So, you know, but I mean, it's like 2,000 feet higher than Denver. Um, but to get up there, you got to go on this Glacier Point Road. And it's, it's, only, it's like one of those roads where it's like only probably... 30 mi 27 miles to get there from Yosemite Valley, but it takes you about an hour 10 because it's just windy mountain roads. Right. Guardrail. There's no guardrails. Really? A few guardrails here and there, but you are like going on the edge of cliff stuff. Cause I, I knew we were going to talk about this. We had, we said we were going to talk about this incident and it was right before I was going to Yosemite. So I kept that in mind and it was like the sober driving on these roads. You're like a little bit like, all right, that's the edge right there, you know, and stuff. So I, I, you know, I'm not saying to bang on the fact that they had alcohol in their system and how much they had or not, but I wouldn't drink at all in those areas because it's just, it's just, just to drive there would be dangerous, you know? Yeah. And the only way you could get there not driving would be like a long hike. So you start, you park at this area and you start walking through this really beautiful forest and it's about a mile in from the parking lot to where that Taft Point is, which, and Taft Point is a specific point that juts out over looking Yosemite Valley, but the whole area, and you can see in the pictures that I sent are just lots of rocks. I took pictures of little gaps and, and fissures, they call it, them. I, and everybody, you guys can look and we'll have them on uh, our Instagram site as well. Look at the gaps, because that's what I was thinking about. It's like, what that that almost scares me worse than the edge is the gap, because if you fell, then you have that weird, that's like, what I thought. Yeah. yeah, it's like every one of your fears that you could have claustrophobia and fear of heights all together. I know, but that gap goes, and then where the gap comes out there is like a thousand foot drop. It's like, it doesn't matter where you go, you know, you break a leg or fall in there. And then when you get out there, you, you have to like walk around these fissures and there's little outcroppings. And there's a couple pictures of me like near, it looks like I'm close to the edge. I'm not, I didn't get close to the edge. There's a couple pictures of my girlfriend Bianca and she's like on the edge, but she was like crawling on her stomach to get out there. And it was still, you know? Yeah. I saw it. She looked like she was crawling like a sniper would to get yeah, a good yeah. shot right. because yeah, I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable standing up. I wouldn't feel comfortable with anybody I knew or cared about standing up. Like this yeah. is, it's, it's hard for people to really get a grasp of like how dangerous this looked. So I'm assuming it was very, yeah. And there's no railings. There's one bit of railing on the actual Taft point. That's maybe like the size of a small bedroom, just railing everything else. Other than that, you can just walk to the edge and walk off. And it's, and it's not just one point because it is called Taft Point. It's like a, it's it, the edge of like going around the whole cliff area is, I don't know, a quarter of a mile long. It's like huge. It's like a huge area, you know? Right. And, you know, like, I don't know how it is for women, but like, you, you know, like when for like, if you're like heights, like something, like there's some sort of danger for me with heights, you get like a tingling in your balls. You right. Know, not like whatever that is yeah. called, whatever that phenomenon is called. I'm sure there's some name for it. But well, it, it's designed to make you pay attention because when, whenever something's happening in your balls, you 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 take a sip of coffee and perk up. So that's maybe that what that is. 
Mm, yeah, so you should make that into a bumper sticker. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my grandfather always said: you get a tingle in the balls, and you take a sip. Of it's like the worst saying I've ever heard. <laughs> well, when your balls are tingling, you stop and you look around. Yeah, <laughs> or you look at your balls, probably more. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, so that's that sensation I get. Like even if I got thought about walking towards the edge, or when I saw like Bianca kind of crawling out there and stuff too, it just made me uncomfortable. The whole time. So I'm assuming this is not a place for kids. I know it sounds like a dumb question, but I have kids and it's like, oh, Yosemite. Like I always thought that was the 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 standard typical take your kids on vacation. There are some trail, there are plenty of trails you could take your kids on, but you have to watch them. I I mean you could take your kids to the Griffith Park here. If you don't watch them, they could fall some cliffs. You know what I'm saying? Like it's even though there's big wide trails and, and fire roads and stuff like that. Um you know, like anything, I'm sure. This, yeah. So uh, on this specific, um, when you get up to Glacier Point Road, there's Taft Point, there's Glacier Point, there's all these like domes you can walk up. It gets more dangerous, but I saw people with their kids, but <clears throat> you know, you know, the most important thing that everybody's doing there anyways is just taking pictures. Like that's literally the number, like for every, for every person that's sitting there, just kind of taking it in and looking out over the expanse and just kind of breathing it in and taking it in, there's like, you know, five or six people just only taking pictures. I'm not saying I didn't take pictures too, everybody. Of course you're going to take pictures, but there's a lot of people like that's their whole gig. It's Basically the kind of people that hold their phone up the whole time at a concert. And you're like, you haven't enjoyed one second of this concert. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, the, the, I, I, I wouldn't have driven there on alcohol. I certainly wouldn't have walked in that area. Even when we were like getting close to that edge where I took those pictures as these hikers came by and they go, Oh my gosh, they're like, I wouldn't walk out there like where we were. And we weren't even close to the edge. You know? Right. So, you know, when you get when now you're a travel, when you're one of these travel bloggers or whatever, or travel Instagram people, it's like you can't just take the standard shot, also, because that's the other thing is hundreds of thousands of people visit these places every year. So you can't just get the same shot everybody else gets. So I think when you arrive there, the first thing you do is like, where would nobody have taken a picture? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> right here at the edge of this cliff. I was I was reading up on the on 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 the story we we're talking about. Like they just found their tripod, right? Right. Yeah, and that's how they that's how they realized they had fallen. They just found their tripod. And just you talking about you that that's such a great point that you can't take the picture everybody else does. And it kind of makes me think that you, it, you know, when you're a travel blogger, it turns you into like Yosemite paparazzi. It's like everybody's going to get the picture of Kim Kardashian if she's just kind of you know on stage and you're in the forty fourth row, like. If you want to be a good paparazzi person, you got to get up in that tree. You got to be up there at five o'clock in the morning and get a picture of, yeah. you know, Hugh Jackman getting his coffee, you know, at five o'clock in the morning, picking up a newspaper. Yeah, because as soon as you hit one of the hashtags or the location, all the other pictures pop up. And if you see that they all look the same, you're like, yeah, we're not doing that. You know? Yeah. We got to get the one where there's that thing where people hang off cliffs and take pictures. Yes, we will be talking about those too because there's a there's one uh, actually one about a guy in a skyscraper. I'm sure a lot of people know about. Uh, dude, let's get uh, let's get uh, into the, these people's background really quickly because we're taking a caller. Uh, we are. Uh, you know they they uh, you know I, I, when I did this show, I wanted to make sure that we humanize these people and not just like oh these people fell. Uh, these people had lives, man. It's it's just crazy. I couldn't imagine getting that call. You know, it's such a such a weird kind of way to pass away especially when like, since you didn't know them that'd be really weird if you got a call yeah it's just like yo these two people died do you have a second 
Uh, all right. So, uh, think anyone's going to listen to this that listen to our old podcast? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. So that they know that we have a, a love hate relationship. Oh, yeah. Well, it takes people a second because everybody, when people first see us interact, they're like, you guys are mean to each other. We're being very civil right now, I feel like. Yeah, well, we're the we're only a couple minutes in. I'm gonna call you stupid in a second. Don't I feel worry. like I still have voicemails that could get you fired from your job right now. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're not real friends unless you have something that could get the other one yeah. fired. Nothing like that you did. It's just you the things you said to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but then I'll get a whole new mean fan base. Somewhat true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, in 2016, uh, my man Vishnu got his master's degree. Congrats in computer science from Bradley. Uh, ball player came out of Bradley. I can't remember who. The guy, the guy that that was the leading scorer, um, that played for the Sixers. Oh, Sean Bradley. He went to BYU. Keep talking, and I'll tell you right now. I'm looking it up. The okay. So, uh, he and Minakashi. Uh, they met at the University of India, where they're both from. Uh, they met at the College of Engineering. Uh, I'm sure that's a place full of uh, eligible people. It's like, I can't meet anybody to marry. Go to the College of Engineering. There's young engineers in there. You'll be fine. Um, okay. okay. And, uh, you know, so uh, they were both described as good students, and they were uh, fond of traveling. Uh, the pair married at a Hindu temple Uh four years before they passed away and um, they combined their love of travel with working remotely. So, you know, I, th- that made me think of something else because, you know, I know my girl now uh, is going to be working uh, remotely indefinitely. Uh, I think that this might almost increase the competition for travel bloggers because no one has to be stuck in the office Monday through Friday. I mean, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, you can kind of be anywhere in the world. Yeah. By the way, it was Hersey Hawkins. I went to Bradley. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Hersey. Great uh, shooter. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was doing the whole time. Well, I did get it because your response to my, uh, my soliloquy was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, interesting. Uh, you were like an annoyed nightclub uh, <laughs> door guy. Where I'm like, I'll give you a hundred dollars to get in, and you're like, yeah, yeah. You need to put four more on that. I'll just from now on, I'll just say you do make a good point there, Al. If uh, I'm not listening, so. <laughs> just say right on top of that, Al. <laughs> uh, okay, so the couple moved to New York, uh, and he was working as uh, for a little while, and then he was working as a systems engineer with Cisco in San Jose. A lot of good times in San Jose. I like it up that way. Good comedy club. Yeah, good scene. San Jose. What's that? Where, what have you done in San Jose? Why were you there? Uh, done uh, a couple theaters up there and performed at the San Jose Improv a couple times. Mm. It's it's fun. There's a really nice hotel there, too, that I remember I checked into. Uh, I'll find the name of it. You're uh, telling me there's a nice hotel in one of the richest areas of the world? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell you how I found that out is that, uh, you know, I checked in and gave them this is back when my credit was so bad. I only had a debit card. Yeah. And so I gave my debit card and went and checked in my room and looked at my account. And I had a $750 hold on my car. <laughs> I was like, I could buy a used car for that. Give me, I won't touch anything. I'll sit in the chair. Just give me, I need that money. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's that low key thing when you don't have money and you only have the debit card 
and then they're putting holds on stuff and you call back two days later they've had the phone call with many people then you're like uh, excuse me um can you guys release the hold yes on my card so they can live yeah. But yeah, that that that's your way of saying uh, I'm two hundred and fifty dollars away from having nothing in my life. So can you go ahead and do that? Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, credit cards change the game. Uh, all right. So it says uh, the couple in their free time they traveled extensively, and uh, you know, it, you know, this is what I kind of wanted to bring up. But this is like a weird kind of thing that I took away from this. Uh, like I said, when I was looking at the photos, a lot of them are of the woman. Uh, Minakashi, and she has a uh, bright pink hair. And even though they were both so, uh, software engineers, uh, you know what? I, I kind of took this, and obviously, clearly, I'm speculating, but I feel like engineers are just kind of, you know, and I don't want to generalize, but kind of a little bit milk toast, kind of type A, let's get the work done personalities. And I'm, I think that this guy met a woman that was a free spirit. You know, and just like that, you probably just don't meet a lot of women with pink hair when you're a software engineer. That's more like somebody that works at like an East Village indie record shop. But just to like kind of have, you know, a woman pull you away from your type A rigid lifestyle and be like, no, we're going to go travel. We're going to go do this. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to push the limits of what you've always done. I, I feel like that's what she was to him. Like the. Do you do you have that with your relationship? Like, which one of you is the Minakashi? First of all, I think she had a, con, uh, a a medical condition that caused her hair to be pink. Okay, Pepto bismuth. So, real, uh, no, whatever they put in your ear. <laughs> Get the pink stuff. <laughs> um, do I have the relationship with my girlfriend? You're saying? Yeah. Who who's the Minakashi in your relationship? Uh, she's way more of a free spirit than I am. She's like, uh, I'm. You know, I, I'm not like stuffy and whatever but she's definitely uh well put it this way when we when i moved in you know i moved into this house like a month and a half ago and she saged the whole house while we played music and went in every drawer and covered and and up in the attic we went and stuff and she was telling whatever spirits were here that it's my house now they need to leave and stuff which wow i like to be the head coach for the oakland raiders (laughs) it's our house (laughs) exactly (laughs) But um, no, she's um, she's definitely more of a free spirit with me in a very good way, though. But I, but I like it, you know. It's like, and I, I get that. So I, I get what you're saying. I think that 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 you're onto something there with that, as far as the, as far as the, that you're finding that that match for that person, like in your life, you know. And you don't you don't want them to be exactly like you too. You want to have similarities and interests and stuff that you can mesh up together. But you want to them to be filling in some holes or voids or things that you have that, that you, you know? Yeah. That's the, that's the hard part. And I think it's hard to know what your holes and voids are. Cause I, I really live by that saying every flower needs a gardener. And you think about, I feel like it's almost the reverse for comics. Cause I think we're kind of usually the free spirits. And I think in my relationship, that's kind of how it is. But is that having, a saying? every flower needs a gardener. Which makes sense. It's kind of like, yeah, the flower is cool and it blooms, but you need somebody to like prone it, take care of it, water it, make sure like the not the boring stuff, but like the stuff that needs to go down. And like in in our house, my girl does the stuff that needs to go down. You know that that counts too. You, I think when you have two kind of free spirits, that doesn't work all the time. I oh, think you need to balance each other. Gardener theory for relationships. 
What does it say? A gardener, in this case, is the relationship's sole caretaker, or by large, the one responsible for holding the couple together, the one who's more invested in the relationship than the other. The gardener seeks out dates, texts first, does all the giving, while the flower on the other just takes and drains. <laughs> oh, really? Jesus. That's a parasitic relationship. That's not right. That's like a mosquito. Yeah, I think you should stick to hey when your balls are tangling, you time nah, to grab some coffee. That's a better. I don't know saying. what rogue website you got that from. It just means that somebody's um, got to curate. Like every museum needs a curator. However, you want to. It's called thevoiceofwoman.com, the flower gardener theory in your relationship. Oh, that's no that that that's being written with a slant. <laughs> well, take it easy. But yeah, um, I, uh, I I I I I stand by mine. And I, I definitely, and I think that's the thing with date naps, man. What do you think about this? Because I feel like when you can decide, like you check boxes for what you want and maybe what you want isn't what you need, as corny as that sounds. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe- mm, There's another, maybe, this is going to be the podcast of sayings that don't really exist that I'll say <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't know what you want if you don't have it. Maybe you're like, man, who knew? I think that was poison. You don't know what you got. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> We're gonna get flagged on YouTube for you singing. I know. That's why I tried to sing it differently. My own version. Is that why you tried? Is that what you just decided not to belt it out like Poison did? <laughs> I <couldn't laughs> name one person in Poison. I wanted to say like who this singer was, but what's his name? The uh, Brett Michaels, right? Oh, is he in Poison? I think so. Jesus, how does the black dude from Cleveland know that? You're supposed to be the audiophile. I mean. Dude, look it up right now. I think he was the lead singer of Poison. I'm pretty sure being an audiophile doesn't make you... Poison isn't something you need to know. <laughs> Poison, look, they had a they had a great career. Oh, don't... Oh. What's their hit song? Pour Some Sugar On Me? Or am mm -hmm. I making that up? I think Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. Uh, yeah, Brett, Brett Michaels. Rock of Love. Yeah, I guess you're right there. He was pretty famous. Um... Their top songs here, I'll tell you right now. Um, here you go. Now, these are just their albums. Album of the Year nominated. Tours. They have a lot of tours. I don't know. I'm on Wikipedia. I don't know how to work this thing here. Um, oh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Oh. who Who's saying pour some sugar on me? I know oh, the people at home are going crazy. Oh, Def Leppard. Okay. That's the one-armed drummer. Yeah. Well, he wasn't always one-armed. He, I think he was drunk driving, topical, and uh, lost his arm. And then second album, learned how to play with one arm because he made a special drum set. That's super dope. And also, don't drunk drive. Yeah. <laughs> don't drunk drive. Uh, yeah, that, that's a problem. All right. Well, uh, we have a quote here from uh, Minakashi uh, talking about uh, her first trip uh, with Vishnu, she says, uh, he took me to the Maldives on our first trip. Uh, and that kind of triggered uh, the wanderlust in us to see and experience the unexplored vistas and exciting cultures this amazing world has in store. Uh, you know, she said that they weren't going to quit their 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 full time job, uh, but she said they thought about it. Uh, so my question to you is this, Forrest, do you think that you were ever at one point addicted to travel and can you be because i think i was at one point i always felt like there, there was a period of my life where i felt like if i was in the same city for two weeks in a row like i was doing something wrong well i mean because of covid i haven't been able to travel but other than that i was always somewhere different every month at least once a month you know 
just because of comedy. And then, you know, I got to travel around the world because of comedy. So, um, yeah, I like being in different places, but I, I've got, I think I got to the point recently where I don't want to be gone all the time. Like there was a point where it was kind of like a badge of honor not to even be in one place for too long, you know, and I yeah. somewhere, but I was just gone, you know? Um, but I, I still like traveling. I still want to travel. I took, you know, and I was, I just, I, right before COVID, I went to New Zealand for two weeks with Bianca. And I mean, that's the second time I've been to New Zealand, which is not even some, I never thought I'd even go one time, let alone. Right. Two, you know? And I, I, I've been thinking about it the whole time during COVID, like traveling tickets are really cheap. I want to go somewhere else. We were talking about going to Japan, maybe. Oh, Christmas time. If it's possible, who knows? I don't know. We're not allowed to travel anywhere. Americans can only go to Mexico right now. It's the only country that'll let us in. <laughs> How ironic. I know. Build the wall on the other side. I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't let us in. I don't know what Mexico's doing, but um, yeah, I, I like, I think you can be addicted to travel for sure. I mean, I know pe there's people that, you know, don't, I know plenty of people that don't ever want to be where they're at, you know? And I get yeah. that. And I get taking pictures and stuff too and documenting it and like wanting to let people know that you were there. I mean, I get, I, I don't, I take a lot of pictures and I don't share as many, you know, but you know. I'm the exact same way. Why do you think that is? I'm the exact same way. And I feel like, I have some really great pictures, but I'm, I don't know what, explain that to me why I'm like that. I, Cause I think there's two types of people when it comes to social media, it's the people that want you to like think that they have a good life. So they show, they try to show it to you as much possible. And there's other people that are content with it. I don't I wouldn't say there's two types of people, but I feel like we're kind of in that category where like you're either content with the fact that you did it and you don't need to let other people know that you did it because the people that you care about know you went to this place or did something. But also I think there's um I think there's like uh like an embarrassment. I think for you and me we're embarrassed by it maybe. I think you're exactly right. I'll I'll, I'll be honest, I I'll, I'll tell you this and don't lose your train of thought. I dealt with it for a long time. I also felt guilty that I got a chance to travel around and see stuff that I never felt like I was like, why, why did I get a chance to do this? I always felt a little bit guilty. Yeah. Yeah. That too. It's like, you know, it, it, it's like the, I think who had that old joke. Oh, it's somebody might've been Todd Barry or something like that. And they were talking about, Oh, here's another place you didn't go. You know, when you're showing people pictures. Oh yeah. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. That's, I guess that that's exactly how I feel though. And I, or definitely felt, and I think a lot of people sometimes aren't even thinking that, but I just never want, I, cause you start to get it. Cause a, a lot of our friends are successful. It's hard to even think about the fact that people look at us as really successful comics, but we are successful. We became comedians. We set out to be comics and we did. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, now, like when I tell people like something that happened with one of my friends, they're like, oh, OK, I'm sorry. Name dropper. It's like that's yeah. my goofy friend. Yeah. Like, I don't. What do you want me to do? Use their initials? Yeah. And I, I think you said it to me one time, though, is like people actually want to know what we're doing. Like, I'm terrible at social media. Like, I am awful. Like, I I've had all enough opportunities to, like, grow my numbers or brand or whatever you want. But I've never, ever done it. And I keep saying I'm going to and I don't. I'm awful. 
everybody follow me on Instagram. But um, <laughs> but when I do post, people like it. And I think you said it to me. I was like, yeah, people want to like, like know what you're up to. Like people saw you perform and they liked you or they like your point of view or something. So that they think it's interesting and they can live vicariously through you. But I, I never look at it that way. I always feel like, I feel like it's embarrassing, but I shouldn't feel that way because no one's ever said that to me. I don't look at people that post a lot and like you're embarrassing. If they do something that I think is dumb, <laughs> my own right. Opinion. Huh? No, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like, I enjoy the content that people that are good poster, you know, people that have good Instagram stories all the time. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll check this out. But then when it comes to me, I'm like, I'm not going to put this up. And now I'm into that, that, that mode where I'm like, well, now it's going to look like I'm trying too hard because I've, I've never done anything up to this point. So what am I getting into the game when I'm, when I'm old and Instagram has been around for 20, you know, so. It's a, it's a, it's a weird thing, but you hit it on the head. I've never been able to articulate it that simply, but yes, I just, I, it's embarrassing to me sometimes. I don't know why I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I got to work on that. And I've even thought about hiring somebody to do my social media, but I'm like, I'm not, there's no point in me sending a picture, sending a caption to somebody else saying, here, you post this. I'm like, I'll just post dummy. Yeah. It's like that old saying, like, like if, if it rained in the forest, but there was no picture, did the flowers really get watered? You know, <laughs> I don't think that's a saying. I think that's you kicking me in the balls for a couple of missed uh, old man old man sayings. Drink some coffee. Well, th that that actually leads us to our. No, does it? Yes, it does. <laughs> I think I'm doing a good job of driving this, even though you're trying to kick my knee out. I like that you're holding a mic that's supposed to be sitting on a desk. too. Every time it touches the desk, it shorts out and I was about to blow a gasket. So I'm like, I'm just going to hold it like I'm a uh, buddy Holly with this mic. I need that silver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you just cut out for a second. I think you're OK. I don't know. OK. Uh, all right. If, if Yeah. This is what that's why I try not to move. Uh, okay, so uh, Minakashi said that. That's what I'm saying. Is this led to really what we're going to talk about next? Her last blog post, which is super ominous and almost something that a screenwriter would have. Her last blog post literally says, uh, "Are we chasing sunsets or chasing likes?" And it was a picture of her, uh, kind of like an over-the-shoulder shot of her, kind of sitting on a Taft Point type type place. And that was her last blog post. And my question was aren't we all kind of chasing likes? I mean, I, I would say on, a, on, on, on the, in terms of the bell curve, I'm on the low end of caring how many likes something got, but you know, I won't look that day, but I'll give it a couple of days and I'll glance to see like what got likes and what didn't and what people tend to like and what they don't. And I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing, but at the same time, aren't we all chasing likes and does it make you kind of come off like, Oh, I'm actually just chasing. I just want the picture. I don't care about the likes. Do you think anybody doesn't care how many likes their pictures get? I don't know. I mean, I want people to see my photos if I post them, but I'm, I'm not looking for certain numbers and stuff. By the way, I'm looking at that picture that you just talked about. It's from the Grand Canyon North Rim. She's on the edge, thousands of feet up, chasing sunsets or chasing likes. And then it says the rest of the post is like really it's um. A lot of us, including yours truly, is a fan of daredevilry attempts of standing at the edge of cliffs and skyscrapers. But did you know that wind gusts can be fatal? Is our life just worth one photo? And then it goes on like that. 
I'm just like, yes, it's terrible. Um, but the, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't post a picture hoping it gets a certain amount of likes, but if it gets a lot or a lot of views or something like that, yeah, of course you you're excited about it because then, you know, it's like some sort of like validation that you exist, but you exist at a better level than other people or something, you know? Yeah. Take, take that. Yeah. Um, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Uh, I think like, uh, 26 5 something like that what about you we should figure out which one of our posts has the most likes next time we'll post that oh look for yours and look for mine we'll see what's on there see what we did right to get those people yeah and we'll just keep posting that exact picture until they till it cycles down to zero like residuals yeah all right let's get into uh the aftermath uh like how everything went down and how people found them you care about likes you didn't say if you cared about them uh yeah I do. Um just because honestly likes translate into your stuff popping up on people's pages more and honestly I remember me and you we've been talking on the phone for 15 years and I remember you and I having this conversation about like who cares about Instagram and uh, I don't want to do this and it's annoying and who cares what your breakfast looks like and then all of a sudden I don't know about you but then I noticed I was like wait a second Dudes are getting booked off their Instagram. Oh, if you have 300,000 followers, you can put butts in seats. Mm-hmm. So then it started. I started looking at it as a business thing. I mean, of course, I'm a human being. I do want people to like my posts. But, you know, for business reasons, you do just at least want to know that you're resonating with an audience that that chose to follow you. So I think that, yeah, I, I, I do care. But I don't care that much. And I'm not trying to be cool when I say that. I'm telling you, I'm old as shit. I'm 43. I have three kids. And, you know, well, if I get a lot of likes, dope. If not, I'll be uh, at an open mic trying out some jokes. I just looked at your, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. I don't like any of these photos. But the, this outfit, of course you bought this outfit. This like romper. Oh, I have several male rompers that we'll get into. Mm, Okay. But uh, why else would you buy those unless you're seeking attention? So. I'm a crazy person for it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's a picture of us at the Price is Right. Oh that? yeah, I do. Do you remember how you like dove out of the our our cover story really quick? Do you remember that? Yeah, Drew Carey started talking to me, and I panicked. What? No, like oh, you mean in the line when I? Yes, we have a we have a friend who's the very funny comedian Orlando Leva. You can see him on HBO, his special, or many other places. Um, he 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 is. Um, Dominican, grew up in Puerto Rico, uh, and he uh, he learned to speak English when he moved to this country, but several different ways. But one of them was watching Price is Right, so he's always been a huge fan. Wait, he's Dominican and grew up in Puerto Rico, or he grew up in the DR? No, he grew up in Puerto Rico. He's an American citizen. So, oh, okay, yeah. Um, but um, he's Dominican background, but he English was not his first language, so he learned English by watching The Price is Right. Was one of the big things. And so he asked me and you and Dave Williamson, another friend of ours who's a comedian, if we go with him. So he just wasn't alone, like a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) And he wanted to try and get on there because it was like a lifelong thing. So we had shirts printed up that said D-R-E-W. Each were wearing a separate letter. And we went in there and we couldn't say we were comedians or in industry of any sort because, of course, they're not going to pick you or whatever. So we each came. Right, they're books and algorithm entertainers. 
their 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 books and algorithms about who gets picked and they don't pick entertainers. They pick military, housewives, kind yeah. of bu- bubbly blondes. Uh, yeah. some well, sort of backstory. Yeah, and so we all were like Dave used to sell cars for a living. So he was a car salesman. I used to be a marine biologist. So that's what I did. You said you used to be a teacher and Orlando had many jobs, but the one he chose was he was a meter reader for the electric company, which he used to do in South Florida. And he also told the producer when they were doing the pre-interview, I learned to speak English on like watching the show, which seemed like a good kind of entry thing to be like, to go up there and you could It's cool. And it's true. Yeah, exactly. So during one of the breaks, Drew Carey start would talk to different people like in the audience and he saw, Hey, what is you four guys? What, what's your guy's story? And you stood up immediately and said, we're comedians. <laughs> <laughs> like you just broke the whole thing. And Orlando starts going, no, I work for the electric company. He goes, I work for the electric company. And he swears that he could see the producer over in the corner that had like a notepad with his assistant was like crossing his name off. Like, like that. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I, still work, I work for the electric company. He's like, but Drew immediately, because you knew, like, Drew immediately was like, oh, where do you guys perform? And he just started, he had a full-blown conversation with us for a minute. And all the life just came out of Orlando's eyes that he all hoped that he was ever going to get picked for the, the I, price. Right? I, I panicked and I blew it for my friend because I didn't want to lie to fellow Clevelander Drew Carey. <laughs> oh, he is from Cleveland. I forgot. Yeah, man. About it. Yeah, no wonder you guys, you guys blow everything. Anyways. Well, Speaking of unpleasant trees, uh, the park visitors the next morning saw the camera like you alluded to earlier and told the rangers. Uh, the rangers used high power binoculars to find them and then went and got the helicopters to retrieve their bodies. Uh, in a in an eerie coincidence, a man that had hiked to the same spot with his girlfriend captured pictures of Mina uh, prior to her fall. Uh and it says it appears uh, that uh, and you can see her in the background of that other couple's selfie, which is really? super. Cre- yes. I didn't see I, those. For you. you saw dude, those. Yes, dude. It's super creepy. You can see her off like down to the right in the in the photo. And then she's just not there anymore. And uh, the, the, the gentleman, uh, the, uh, um, the guy's name is uh, Sean Madison. Uh, and he said that she stood out. Uh, you know, on the sunset at Taft Point because of her hair, which is bright pink, and that she was making him nervous because he felt like she was standing too close uh, to the edge. But he was like, it looks like she's enjoying herself. And uh, this guy, Madison, uh, Madison, yeah, there, there was people that said stuff when Bianca was, and we weren't even on the edge. And people were like, ah, like hikers, like I said it earlier. People were, yeah. oh, I wouldn't go that close even, you know? Wow. Which I get it. I get it too, because you know, yeah. You know. And uh, you know, this guy it literally was uh, said the same thing you just said. He says, uh, you know, she gave me the willies, which I don't know the last time you used that phrase. Uh, well, you just I said blow a gasket earlier, so what's I like blowing a gasket. Gave <laughs> yeah. me says uh, she gave me the willies. There aren't any railings. Uh, I wasn't about to get that close to the edge, but she seemed comfortable, and she didn't seem like she's in any distress or anything. Uh, so Matheson's, uh, said that her, uh, pink hair appears in the background of two photos he snapped himself. Uh, and, uh, he said that, uh, he noticed that, um, he had captured their images, uh, that Monday after their pictures were published. So he didn't even realize he had done it until the next day. Uh, Mm -hmm. but this is the weird thing though. He doesn't recall seeing the dude. 
So, mm. you know, that's a little strange that they would be that far apart that he would see a bright hair, pink girl. And he's like, cause if you saw her, I would think you'd look around to see if you saw anybody else. Cause if I thought I saw one person, I it's would a big not- space. I can tell you from being there, I can see that I, without getting conspiracy theory and stuff is like, you can get separated by someone, even in this big open area really quick. We were there with um, Bianca's sister and like, we couldn't see her for a while. Really? And as we were there for a while, Bianca even said, she goes, ah, like a, she was like a little uncomfortable not having seen her. So we then we found her, whatever, you know, she was fine. But obviously I would have probably mentioned that already. <laughs> 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 she was fine, everybody. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saving it for the end. Yeah. <laughs> Cliffhanger, literally. Um, <laughs> but I could see that though. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want them to get into conspiracy theory stuff, sure, we can say that. We know what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like you said, I think it, it's, you know, it just seems like it was wind gusts. If you but, see uh, someone with pink hair, you usually aren't looking at the other. It's not like you're like, there's someone with pink hair and then there's a normal looking person. Like your eye, <laughs> it's just like a, like a, your eyes drawn that way, you know? And that's the whole point of having pink hair. Pay yeah. attention to me. Uh, you know, and it, you know, going on a quick tangent, Forrest, uh, Taft Point, named after our 27th president, William Howard Taft. Forrest, what is he famous for? Um, uh, Taffy. That would be Tafty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of blows um, the whole uh, name scheme. He was overweight, and he was famous. He famously died how? Um... I, he suffocated on his stomach. No, yeah. the rumor has it. I was trying to get you to say he died in a bathtub. That's the running. Oh yeah, uh, the bathtub thing. Yeah, but I looked it up. Not true. It Wait, is, was he supposed to have died in the bathtub? Yes, people said that's the. You know, how, like stories can morph over time. It eventually happened that he died in the bathtub, and uh, according to this this historian, uh, he he did not. But uh, at his inauguration, he weighed. 354 pounds but by his death he had gotten down to uh a nice trim and i say it seriously 280 and that's before keto you know so let me me ask you you, by 1910 standards 345 would be like 700 now literally because it's like i talk about this all the time like when you when they when they're like um like the three stooges what's the one that was fat i forget which one right now it's fat mo no that, or or Babe Ruth even you look at pictures of Babe Ruth like he was fat he probably by right he would be fine by today's standards if you look at him you know oh a hundred percent and I don't want to lose all our uh, viewers by talking sports but uh, in 1985 uh, there's a defensive lineman named William Refrigerator Perry who played oh, yeah. for the Chicago Bears and his big moniker is that he was 300 pounds ah. and now every single person in the NFL is 300 pounds but that yeah. was like shocking everybody's like i want to go see the 300 pound man yeah and i would wreck i would say that out of th- what are there, 320 million americans i'd yeah. say probably i'm being nice here 70 million americans are at least 300 pounds i don't know that's a big number but maybe i i i started losing COVID. i've been you know I, I fluctuate a lot i've been like in really good shape and then i'm in bad shape but right at the beginning of COVID, i weighed 299 Right. And, um, you know, we call that 300 pounds with a tuxedo on. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was naked. That was two ninety nine naked. You know, like not, not holding onto a cell phone or anything. Like, yeah, gonna take my glasses off, take my Invisaligns out. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, you, you uh, yeah, cut your hair, take yeah. a shit. Yeah, you gotta do all. Yeah. Of that. Um, there, there's definitely gonna be a time in everybody's life where you look down at the scale and like you get off and get back on because you're like, oh, this has to recalibrate, and it's, it's the exact same number. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. So I'm still overweight now, but I'm down in the 260s. So you know, that's we're, cool. We're getting there, but dude, yeah. keep it going. I've, I've been, I, I, I follow you on the Apple Track Fitness thing, dude. Yeah, you're, you're on your stuff, man. You be burning a lot of calories. Oh, but I, I haven't been wearing my watch for like a week and a half, so it's like. Yeah, now Al and I are linked up now. So if any of us does any exercise, it lets the other person know. And I'm just like, Al does a lot of one mile runs. <laughs> it's like you do like these little, little things. I'm like, that's probably the way to do it. I, I wait until like, I'm. you probably got my Yosemite ones where I was like hiking 15 miles in one yeah. day. My feet had blisters on them and stuff. But that's yeah. intimidating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think all these old presidents were fat. I don't remember. Like, wasn't Roosevelt fat too? I think so. I don't think exercise. I mean, exercise wasn't really a big deal because uh, until like the mid '80s, that's when like gyms came in and everybody had those crazy workout. Jane Fonda with like the unitard onesie with the leggings, the spandex leggings, yeah. and like vitamins, bro. Yeah, and vitamins were a thing, but that, that's like that's exercise is really just like fifty years old. It's not that. Everybody, I don't think anybody really worked out, even like Superman. Remember, like the old Superman, he was just like smooth, he uh, was like muscular. He was like Adam, um, Adam West when he was back, right. he was just a dude in tights, yeah, wasn't like zero muscles. Guys yeah. with muscles were in the circus, like that was like the come see the strong man, like a guy that had like pecs, even that was like sports. hard to find. When we were young, basketball, everybody was was pudgy, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then nobody well, had muscles. Yeah, well, they were drinking beers and smoking cigs at halftime, so I think that kind of counteracted the exercise. But it's uh, interesting that Taft has a point name for him in Yosemite because he was not the president that you associate with Yosemite. It would be um, Roosevelt. But um, but I guess I, I was reading it here that John Muir hosted him, and and he probably did this. He did the same thing with Roosevelt, but when Roosevelt went to Yosemite, he was the one that finally the president that decided to create the national park system. And that's, that's why it, because of John Muir, who is founded the Sierra club as well, you know, like that John Muir, who's like our first countries, like I would say conservationists, probably the father of the con modern conservation movement would be John Muir. And he like would take these presidents to Yosemite and like, there's a spot when you go there, it's like, here's where John Muir and Roosevelt have like a campfire and, and, uh, and I looked over at like El Capitan. I don't know if you've seen Free Solo, that movie where the guy scales the side of the thing. I can't, I can't watch it. I, I've had several opportunities on planes. I can't watch it. Crazy. But it, when you see it in person, you're like, why? Like even when you watch it, but so they were looking straight at that. But um, um, I just, by the way, read something recently that John Muir, they, 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 they dug up all this stuff and said he was racist and this and that. I was like, yeah, he was a white guy that lived in the woods with a beard in 1908. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was racist. <laughs> you don't think he was that woke out there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doubting that at all, but he did start the modern environmental movement. He has one of the people that was created for national parks. So we'll give him that. Can we at least like, no, I, he's canceled. They want people <laughs> to be perfect. I'm like, I'm sure he had a lot of flaws, a lot of bad flaws, but yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tolerant. <laughs> yeah, I always say like for as much as we want to judge people from like a hundred years ago, I think it was 2003, the Black Eyed Peas released a song called Let's Get Our Word. Yeah. And it was on the radio in the yeah. 2000s. So stop it. We've sucked for a long time. We're just now getting better. Yeah, let's let's highlight his accomplishments. As, as long as he didn't do, kill anybody, let's let's go by that. Which I, as far as I know, he didn't. <laughs> I like the bar that you set for things. That's why we're friends. As long as you can kill anybody, we're cool. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing in Yosemite called yeah. N-word point. So yeah. like... <laughs> hey, hey, Forrest, I cleaned out my grandmother's bank account uh, <laughs> while she was asleep. Is she alive? You're good with me. <laughs> I mean, it depends if you if you clean out her bank account, but you use the money and donate it to a homeless shelter. You know what I'm saying? There we go. That she's now in. There you go. Uh, all right. So, uh, you know, obviously with, with this couple that was famous, uh, especially they were Instagram famous, uh, you know, it brought a lot of attention to uh, our parks getting too dangerous. And some experts uh, there at the park uh, or just people that kind of uh, look over all our national parks say that, uh, you know, there, there's always obviously, as you saw, as we saw with your pictures, an element of danger. But at the same time, uh, this guy says, and it's an interesting quote. He says, uh, "Winning the prize sometimes is psychologically more important than the peril of that prize." So it's just like it's just basically saying a lot of people uh, will risk it. And, and I guess that's a quote uh, from the book "Off the Wall: uh, Death in Yosemite," uh, which came out in 2007. That chronicles fatal misadventures in the park uh so uh, you know it just goes on to say that uh basically social media has a lot to do with it and i'm sure people because they are trying to get that perfect selfie shot that perfect over the shoulder shot feet dangling over the 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 cliff shot it's just like you said even if you're not a blogger you do want that shot that nobody else has and people are willing to risk it just to get that one shot that might get 10 times more likes than anything else they normally post. Yeah, that I do it myself, not to post, but I'm there and I'm like, I'm sure somebody has this photo. So I take a lot of like different, like when we're on top of this point called um, Sentinel Dome, they have all these domes, these rock domes there. There was like this old tree there um, and it was just something pine. I'm looking it up right now. But, um, and it was like this old like pine that was up there, you know, that people would take pictures on. It was called the Jeffrey Pine. Ansel Adams has a photograph of it. It's a very famous pine tree called the Jeffrey Pine on the top of the Sentinel Dome. You're about 7,800 feet up. Oh my goodness. So many people have taken pictures on this pine tree that it is now dead. Are you uh, serious? Yeah, it's just that you can still see the stump. I'll send you the, actually the photo and we can put it up there that I took of it. It's like just leaning over and it's like dead wood. It's still really cool though, because it's all twisted, you know, from the wind and stuff that's like over time. Yeah. But I actually took photos of that with it back with the clouds and stuff. Cause I was like, people probably aren't taking pictures of this tree anymore, but it's like, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, besides people killing themselves, there's all this damage done. I, there's this place called the Huntington gardens here in LA and they're back open with limited, you know, amounts of people can go in and you can socially distance in there. And there was this family like draped over. It's a, it's this botanical garden. So all these like curated trees and shrubs and all this stuff. And there was this family draped in a tree and hanging off branches and stuff, taking pictures. And then one of the volunteers 
at the gardens was like, you can't take pictures in the tree. And they just completely ignored this volunteer because they know she can't do anything. She's not going to go over there and beat him up or something. Right. Put that or like, what the fuck are you going to do? And just kept doing it. I'm like, well, yeah, that tree will be dead soon. And people don't even get that. So it's like the whole assault. That's your, that's the nature equivalent of like when people pass around like a baby dolphin or something and eventually kill it. Cause it's out of the water. Cause everybody's getting their selfie with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's a reward system. I told you, I've always thought about it. I, I think it's because people in their adult life crave to be told that they're doing well. I think that happens to you your whole life growing up. You know, you use the potty for the first time, you eat with a knife and fork. Uh, you, you write for the first time, you get your driver's license, you graduated high school, everybody claps. And then if you go to college and graduate, that's probably the last time anybody will ever clap for you again. Besides your retirement ceremony. And we have a weird job for us. And like like when we're off work, people clap. That's insane. And we're so used to it. But no one else, like a surgeon that just separated two Siamese twins, no one claps for them when they come out of surgery. And it's like, I think everybody just like the like is like a little mini clap. And it just kind of is just like that kind of reassuring thing. Like, oh, I'm doing well. Look, here's my daughter on our fourth. Fourth year of school. Oh, 237 likes. I'm a good dad. Like, I think it's like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm reading about this pine tree, by the way. I think I've died naturally. <laughs> okay. I, w- I was thinking maybe like you were saying, like all the photographs, like they say, like you can't take pictures of the Mona Lisa because it affects it. Like yeah. I thought maybe that's, that was that. But You know what it was, was I thought about that incident at the hunting Huntington Gardens and then I was like, yeah, and this tree died too. And so I looked it up and it's like, it's dead. Trees do die on their own. I want everybody to be aware of that. Yeah. That's what we call uh it died. I'm really you'd, you'd be a terrible like uh medical examiner. Yeah. It's like, uh, listen, this guy's granddaughter kissed him, and three weeks later he's dead. Yeah, now, he's 99 years old, but I want to bring her in for questioning. It's like <laughs> things just naturally die, buddy. <laughs> and bring in and be like, I bet it's murder. <laughs> <laughs> that tree's dead. A little kid leaned against it and took a picture. It's dead. We're looking for the kid. He's going to go down. He's going to go down hard. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, we're, let's get into like a little bit of morbidity stats uh, in terms of people dying at national parks. Uh, it says, it says uh, how many people does this happen to at the Grand Canyon? Uh, about two or three people fall to, to their death each year on average. Uh, and that's out of 6.3 million that, that visited in 27. Tw- Grand Canyon. What's that? That's only it. Two or three a year in the Grand Canyon. I know out of 6.3 million in 2017. So uh, that's nothing basically. Or people uh, die from flu. Did you know that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> um, but in Yosemite, at least 10 people have died this year. Uh-huh. including six from falls and the others from reasons, including underlying medical conditions, AKA lack of water. I think that's a medical condition for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, and oh, it, yeah. you know, look it up guys. But, yeah. And it looks like uh, Yosemite's dealing with uh, roughly between 13 and 20 fatalities annually and 4.3 uh, million visitors every year. So uh, that's not that many. Um, yeah, but that says two parks. Is it all the parks or what is it? Uh, it says, uh, let's see, there's been a 1,002 traumatic deaths with more than 300 attributed to falls at Yosemite since the 1800s. 
So a thousand people have have died since the eighteen hundreds, and it looks like probably I don't know, a mm-hmm. hundred million have been there. So yeah, this says the 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 national park with the most deaths is Lake Mead National Recreation Area. It has twenty five deaths per year on average. Yellowstone has thirteen. Um, yeah, there you go. It's uh, you can die. I always think about that too when they're like when people like like if somebody gets attacked by a shark or a bear or something like that and they always try to go and kill the animal. I'm yeah. like sometimes people die from those things. Like you know how many people mountain mountains kill a lot of people and we're not blowing them up, you know. I, I thought it was because they got the taste for human blood. It's yeah, like I think that's like an HBO thing or like it's like once you have a panini, like you just that's all you want. You don't want a regular sandwich again. Hmm, okay. I don't I guess I haven't had the right panini. <laughs> it's a smash toasted sandwich. It's also uh, a Jamaican slang for something else. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't say it like we were on NBC or something. Just yeah, exactly. Watch watch your mouth in front of your Jane notes. Goofy friend. It's for human blood. Um no, this is something from horror movies, it says. Uh, what do you think's in our blood? I think our blood would taste terrible, first of all. A- any animal that tasted human blood would be like, the hell is that? And be like, preservatives. Do you yeah, like- this tastes like Monster Energy Drink and <laughs> Taco Bell. Yeah. It's called it's called cancer. <laughs> we all have it. <laughs> Once they get a taste of that sweet human blood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess eating another animal is you're eating free range organic. Like, why would you want to? That's the whole foods of eating another species. Like, we're definitely the fast food. We're we're the Wendy's of the uh, animal kingdom. Yeah, we're the uh, tofurkey. <laughs> By the way, super disgusting. Uh, they're not a sponsor. Yes, they. They. I do like the Beyond Meat and the crumbles and everything. I just sponsors right now. We can batch over we want. <laughs> All right. Red Bull. I don't like Red Bull. It tastes like like the stuff that would be in your car battery. Yeah, but these are they have flavored ones now. This is cranberry. It's pretty good. Yes, for people that are also on their period and don't have good taste. Uh Forrest, that's gonna wrap it up for our first uh yeah, episode. I like to end it on an insult before you can say something mean to me that I'll think about. Wait, okay. The period joke is how you're gonna wrap it up, huh? <laughs> we should have uh, a saying when we when we wrap it up, be like, everybody, make sure to you know look down when taking a photo, and we're out. <laughs> that's what we're gonna. That's gonna be our catchy phrase. No, we'll have to come up with one. We're not gonna come up with it right now. Don't be ridiculous. By the way, you look like the logo for Floyd's Barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of you trying to look cool in your 40s. Come over here with the rest of us. Like literally a couple hours ago. So it's like, <laughs> it's still like a hairstylist molded it, you know? So yeah. Like go man hair right now. It's like, yeah. It's not what like I had done my hair. It wouldn't be like, it's like, yeah. Where do you go to Where do you go to get your hair done? A place called Southpaw. It's right in Eagle Rock. Or it's like in Silver Lake right there. By the. That sounds like a movie that Mark Wahlberg would be in. About some tough kid from Boston. We get it, Mark. You're from Boston. Make another movie. He only had one hand, and it was his left hand. (laughs) 
Yeah, every, hand in the <laughs> every script Mark Wahlberg gets a tough kid from from Boston becomes a bank robber. No, I don't want the script. A tough kid from Boston becomes a, a cop. I don't want the script. A right. tough kid from Boston becomes a firefighter. All right, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad All right. Wahlberg a plug. He needed the help. Yeah. And also, dude, uh, can you do me a favor next time we end? Is Could you do it with less energy? It would be like a, a literally Sleeping Beauty jumped up out of bed with more energy. I couldn't think of a better analogy than Sleeping Beauty. Um, should we plug our Instagrams? <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Al Jackson IG, on TikTok at Al Jackson 24 7. And uh, you no comment on that one for us? No, I mean, we, we, I've privately told you how I feel about you and TikTok, but <laughs> <laughs> you're an old man. Stop acting like you have your pulse on the finger. <laughs> Your finger on the pulse of the youth. <laughs> like, Do you know it's crazy? My daughter told me about TikTok like f- maybe even six years ago. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, AB, what's that? It's because it's your daughter. She's young. She knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's probably seven or eight at the time. Because I guess it used to be musically, and then musically kind of evolved into TikTok. Yeah. And, and uh, she was like, Yeah, all my friends are using TikTok. And I remember I downloaded it. I was at my mom's house, yeah. and I was like, What the hell is this? This is the dumbest thing ever. And then all of a sudden, uh, I turned on Jimmy Kimmel, and the the girl from TikTok, like the biggest star on there, is on Jimmy Kimmel. I'm like, maybe I should have gotten started earlier. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Make sure you uh, download our next episode where Al tells us about the new artist he discovered, Lizzo. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she plays a <the> flute. <laughs> A little combination of singing and rap. (laughs) (laughs) New new Jack Swing. (laughs) It's not Mambo number five, but I'll take it. Forrest, tell everybody where they they can find you on Instagram. I'm at Forrest Shaw. That's with two R's. F-O-R-R-E-S-T-S-H-A-W. Check me out there. All right. And uh, Buffa Smoke, we're out.